Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to In the Trenches. This is Ian Beckles, and it is off-season, but there's still plenty to talk about, um, especially with our beloved Buccaneers. And today, um, you know, I talked about the draft last week. Today, I'm going to talk about attitude a little bit and uh, lack thereof. You know, the Buccaneers have been a putrid football team since uh, John Gruden left, okay, and actually before that. Uh, after the Super Bowl year, this has been a putrid, uh, tough-to-watch football team. And a lot of it has to do with attitude. Now, when we were here with Tony Dungy uh, and John Gruden had, was blessed to adopt attitude, and we talk about attitude, I can start breaking down players uh, player by player, but I don't think it's necessary. And it's not. I'm not only talking about Warren Sapps. I'm not only talking about... Uh, Keyshawn Johnsons and Derek Brooks. And that's the, that's the nucleus of your team. Those are the stars. I'm just talking about in general. Brad Johnson played with attitude, okay? Our tight ends back then played with attitude. Our line played with attitude. Our D-line brought hats and was, was terrifying, okay? John Lynch was back there decapitating people. Rondé Barber with the ball was hitting him in his chest and he was running for touchdowns. Same with Derek Brooks, okay? Um, Sheldon Quarles was an intelligent football player. But altogether, it was attitude. Mike Allstott ran with attitude. So did Warwick Dunn. And if I said to you, where is the attitude on this Buccaneer football team the last 10 years, um, I think you have a problem coming up with many names. And the, te- the names that you come up with are not attitude players. They're just not. They don't make enough plays. So I'm going to talk about attitude a little bit. I guess there was rumors at one buck place that uh, I guess the old line was cussed out for, for loafing. Now, your the attitude of your team starts with the old line, okay? Your old line, if you have a nasty old line, you have a nasty football team. That's the way it goes. And I think uh, Bruce Arians and his coaching staff that's come in here, from what I hear, they're no nonsense. They're going to tell you exactly what they think and look you in the face and don't lie to you. And you know what? To me, that's the best. That's the best coaching staff ever. And the most important thing is they know what it looks like. They've been around championship teams and they know what the attitude should look like. And they know uh, what pace the offensive line should be going at. And I've been on a few offensive lines and the great offensive line coaches. And, you know, I was around Alex Gibbs um, when I was in Denver, um, Bill Muir. And those are two pretty darn big names. Uh, attitude was important. Play to the whistle. You know, as when when I coached, you know, my son's uh, Little League football team, um, the one thing I would really preach is play to the whistle. And that's important. If you watch great defenses, there's people swarming to the ball um, until the whistle blows, and that's important. And it, I just we haven't seen that in a long, 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 long time. Now, Todd Bowles wanted to go out and get some speed, and he did that in the draft. Uh, but attitude does not come with young football players. Young football players need to learn. And um, we got a new quarter in here who wants speed. That's fine. 3-4, uh, changing from a 4-3. We haven't played a 3-4 since early 90s, so it's been a while. And for me, 3-4, 
Uh, at times, I love to play against a 3-4, and there's times I hated playing against a 3-4. It's more of a, a scheme thing. Um, you know, we played against the Steelers way back when. They ran a 3-4, like, to, you know, to a T. The Saints, I uh, know the Buffalo Bills did way back when. There's not as many teams running it, but if you know how to run it and you're running it well and you have the right personnel, it's a son of a bitch to block. It really is. Angles are different. You have guards fanning out on defensive ends, and it's just not a natural thing. Uh, you got linebackers blitzing, which sometimes can be tough for offensive linemen. So it's more of a scheme thing and more of a kind of a deception thing. And uh, the Bucks need to figure out a way to put some you know, bodies on the ground as far as quarterbacks go and, and rushing. And to me, the most important thing in football these days is rushing the passer. If you can't rush the passer, you won't win. There's too many quarterbacks out there that are going to dismantle you. If you can't rush a good 20 quarterbacks in this league, they'll kill you. They'll throw for 400, and there's nothing you'll be able to do about it. So rushing the passer to me probably is the most important thing out there. Now, speaking of rushing the passer, um, the marriage, obviously, with Gerald McCoy and the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers is, is over, okay? It's over. And I think it's been over for a while. He's unaccounted for right now. He's still on the roster. Um, I would say out of anybody in the press, uh, I've been on Gerald McCoy more than anybody. Very few people hold him accountable. And even to this day, I hear people, well, Bucks should find a way to get little Gerald McCoy under the... you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. Let me give you a couple of statistics. And life's not all about statistics because uh, being on the radio, um, you know, people have made, and the press, and the, the Tampa press, has made up an, a word for Gerald McCoy. They've made it up. I never heard it before. Disruptor is not a word in football, all right? Disrupt, what does that mean? How do you disrupt a play? You either stop a play or you don't. How do you disrupt it? What has this defense disrupted in the last 15 years? Not a gosh darn thing. You want to hear some statistics? $13 million now. Gerald McCoy tied for 54th in sacks in 2019. And please do me a favor. Don't tell me he was hurt. Everybody's hurt. You play football for five games and you're hurt. You have to figure out a way to play. Nobody ever cares about anybody else being hurt except for Gerald McCoy. Okay, tackles for loss. Listen now, is that disruption? Tackles for loss? I think it is. The list went up to 94. He ain't on it. Carl Nassib is on it. Carl Nassib that we stole from Cleveland. I don't know how much he makes, but it's two, three million dollars. I mean, for two, three million dollars, and if you, you know, he had six and a half sacks, Joe McCoy had six. For 13 million dollars, you think that Joe McCoy should come back? To me, he's not my type of guy on a football team. He's never has been. And that's, I, I, there's, there's a couple people that I've been on since, since I, I got on the radio way back when, okay, that I just didn't think can play. And the other two, I was 100% right, and I know him right here, okay? Because when he leaves, people would realize how fugazi this whole, uh, you know, era of Gerald McCoy was. It's been fugazi. He hasn't done anything. Barrett Rude was one. Bear Rude played backwards on skates, and he had 150 tackles a year on a defense that was ranked 32nd against the rush. Good, you got 10 tackles, but they had 200 yards rushing. I'm used to Hardy Nicholson and Sheldon Quarles coming downhill and splitting wigs, okay? I told people Bear uh, Rude couldn't play, and he couldn't, okay? And Gaines Adams is the other one. You're wrong about Gaines Adams. No, I'm not. 
He hasn't made a play since he's been in the league. God rest in peace. He did pass, but he never played two good football games in his career. And Gerald McCoy, to me, is the most overblown athlete I've ever seen. And he's the most self... Listen, I like a certain type of athlete, okay? I like a, I like a certain... Like, Brian Cox is a name that comes up. That's my type of athlete. The guy will, will fight you in an alley. That's the guy I want. Not the guy that's self-promoting and telling me how good he is. Don't tell me how good you are. He has 16 games to show me how good you are. Don't tell me how good you are. I don't want to hear about it. So, you know, we all know that Bruce Arians came out and questioned basically Gerald McCoy's manhood. Now, I'm not sure why he did that. I'm not sure because it doesn't help anything. It doesn't help his stock. And it obviously hurt Gerald McCoy's feelings, and it should. Now, I want want you to listen to this Instagram video on his stories that Gerald McCoy put out on Cinco de Mayo, and we'll talk about it afterwards. But I want you to hear his attitude about what he's talking about. Cinco de Mayo. Everybody out. Probably get ready to go drink. Probably drink it right now. Don't matter. They want to question me. That's what I do on Cinco de Mayo. I work. I work. Oh, and I got my kids with me. How many people doing that? All pro on and off the field. Want to question me. The heck? Is he going to be ready? Do he love football? What? Y'all crazy. Lost y'all mind. I work. Do you have a question, me? Okay, well, you know what? I worked too, but I didn't have to document it. Nobody cares that you're working. And how dare you question his love for the game? Well, you know who never questioned? I never heard anybody question my love for the game. Never. I'm not saying I was a great football player, but you ain't going to question my love for the game. Then we got to fight. Okay? So you have, you have, you could fight, but you don't. You're not a fighter. Let's bring some fighters on this team. Hardy Nickerson was a leader. If you looked at Hardy wrong, he'll punch you in the face. Now, is that good, bad, or indifferent? Probably not good in society in general. But that's what you want your defense, you know, to follow. Badasses. He ain't a badass. He's a a follower. He's a follower that's acting like a leader because he's telling, nobody's going to tell me they're my leader. I don't want to hear that. I never heard it one time in football. Not one time did somebody say, I'm your leader, because you're not. Hardy Nickerson didn't say he was our leader, but he was. Paul Gruber didn't say he was a leader, but he was. Mike Alsow was a leader, all in different ways. But they're leaders, though, okay? Tony Mayberry's a leader. Why? Because he played nine straight years, didn't come off the field, all right? Broken thumb, snapping with a broken thumb, that's leadership. Gerald McCoy, he, he comes out of six games a year, then goes back in. You guys can go back to my tape. If I'm ever on the field, on the ground, you got to come get me, my day's over. I promise you that. I'm not coming back on the field because if I'm laying on the field, I am injured. Not even hurt, I'm injured. You have to play hurt. So that's not my type of dude, man. It's, it's not my type of dude. And, you know, I guarantee Bruce Arians talked to the previous regime about Gerald McCoy. I guarantee he talked to players about Gerald McCoy. And listen, the the reason why people love Gerald McCoy, and this is, listen closely now, it's not from what players say. It's from what the press says. And he's hypnotized the press to where if you say something bad about him, he'll lock you out. By the way, he blocked me on social media. I don't need to, you know, follow him anyways because I've been real about him. 
that's what he does. You better not talk bad about me because I'm the leader of this team and I'll shut you out. That's not leadership. Get out of here. When things are going poorly, he disappears. When things are going great, he's up there with his kimono sash and dancing in the weight room to his way, to his uh, fight song on Hard Knocks. That is not leadership, people. Good riddance. I mean, if you're a Gerald McCoy fan, fine. That's fine. I'm just telling you he ain't my, he ain't my type of dude. There's still people fighting for this guy. And I've never heard somebody self-promote themselves so much and pound themselves in the chest. To say all pro on the field and all pro dad, you gonna call yourself an all pro dad? No way. No way. And you're not all pro on the field if you're not top 94 in tackles for loss, okay? Levante David had more tackles for loss than Gerald McCoy. He's on the field all the whole game at a three technique. I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Six sacks in 16 games. $13 million. You can have him. I'll, I'll take Dominican Sue before him ever. Every time. Because Dominican Sue will punch you in the face. And you guys may not like a mean football player. I love a mean football player. That's my favorite football player. Give me Dominican Sue all day. It looks like we're going to have a bunch of young players in there. That's fine. But it looks like Gerald's trying to get out of here. He look, I mean, it's, he's gone. I think he knows he's gone. But I'm curious to see what happens, and I'm curious to see who picks him up and how much money he gets and what the results are going to be because I just don't think they're going to get the player that they think they're getting because of the press and the way the press has covered him as an athlete. So if anybody ever wants to uh, email me, uh, I appreciate that. Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. Greg DeCruz, I know you emailed me. It was pretty much this whole uh, Joe McCoy thing, which I went over. I appreciate it. But if anybody else wants to email me about anything football-wise, Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. I have a bunch of other uh, podcasts as well. I have a cannabis podcast, uh, a food podcast. We even do a hip-hop podcast sometimes. So you want to check some of those out. But I appreciate you guys listening in. Um, you know, it's always good to talk about what's going on. I Sometimes I need to get some things off my chest and, and make sure to tune into the Ron and Ian Show Monday through Friday on 95.3 FM and 6.20 AM. Uh, we talk a lot of football there as well. I'm sure we're going to talk about this a little bit today. Everybody have a wonderful day and please be safe. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on City Ringside, want to welcome a gentleman who is a big star in the territories in the late 70s and early 80s and one of the most controversial wrestlers of 1985. Please welcome the continental lover, Eddie Mansfield. They did a screw job on me. Uh, the deal was going in to do uh, 2020 was they, they were going to uh, focus on, I had laid out um, about the NFL you know, how, how they have insurance, 401ks, kind of like a union. And I'll show you this. I got programs from Los Angeles. It says these exhibitions are under the jurisdiction of the California Athletic you know, Correct. Commission. Exhibition means it ain't real. You said that Ole and Fred Ward blackballed you, and that's why that was part of the reason it, you it wasn't did this. So much, it wasn't Fred Ward. Well, he was behind it. But it was Ole Anderson that well, got me. One, he couldn't get Ric Flair. He was protected by the Crockett's. 
And so I'm, I'm the next beeline because Jody and all these other guys wanted to make me the world junior heavyweight champion, you know, to go along with Rick, you know, two blondes, you know what I mean? Right. And, and he wanted me to give him 20% kickback of my money. And I said, hell, I'm going everywhere now. I'm going to Detroit. I'm going, I'm going to Toronto. I'm drawing all, and, and Wahoo stepped up and he said, oh, they leave him alone. He's my guy. He said, he's selling out everywhere in San, in, in, in Texas. You leave him alone. He, and Ole Anderson said this to Wahoo, and, and I wish Wahoo was living. I'd have him on this damn phone. He looked at Wahoo, and he said, if he doesn't do what I tell him to do, he'll be finished. And you know what I told Ole Anderson? I said, if you finish, you finish me up in this business because I don't kick back money to your ass, I said, so help me God, I'll go on national television and expose your ass. Wow. And I did. Sitting ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.